When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You ain't a real boy at your level. I'm real boy, ask your pedal. You better dash from my class of rebels. Cause you know we came to blast when we smash the metal. Brooklyn, that's how we doing it. Brooklyn, that's how we doing it. Brooklyn, that's how we doing it. Yo, 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 what's good? Welcome to the On Everything Podcast. I'm Gene the Dream, and I'm here with She Is Ella Brown. And we back on live with you guys. Like, I miss you guys last week. Unfortunately, you know, like, we had, we, we weren't able to do the show last week. But it's such a blessing to be here with you guys this week. What's going on, Ella? Oh, my gosh. I'm just... So the week was good, and I'm just still in awe just thinking about how I feel about before we get started on the bomb show, the Urban Legends. We got some strange stuff. Like, when I, I say it, I know you've got some strange stuff. I'm like, wow. But the show's been proud. The show's been trial. What do you think about that? So the judge handed down the verdict. And I'm trying to find exactly what he said, but he ended up getting 22 and a half years. 15 mm. years if he's, you know, good behavior, whatever. Yes. What do you feel about that? I still feel like it's not enough. I feel like um, a little bit more should have been done. But I do feel like justice was served. You know, like, um, it's unfor- the whole situation is unfortunate. Um, you know, uh, daughter lost her father. We lost another black man to police violence. And I feel like justice was served. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm satisfied, but then again, I still wanted to see a little bit more. But, you know, last time we talked about this topic, I said the same thing that I believe that, you know, um, oh, I'm so sorry, y'all. I believe that um, it wasn't, you know, 20, 20 to 25 years would be enough being that the max that he could get was 40 years. So I do feel like, you know, I, I, I mean, I, it, it is where I thought it was going to be. Let me tell you this, because you said 40 years. So... <clears throat> they're saying this. So yes, 40 years. They're saying the judge could have sentenced him to as little as 10 years and eight months or as much as 15 years in prison and still remain within the sentencing guidelines. So the sentence for, they're saying the sentence for a person like him who had no criminal history is 12 years for second degree murder. So, I mean, that does not give the family any solace or any, any <clears throat> comfort, but he could have sentenced him to left, less. I think the people feel that mm-hmm. it's a win in that regard. Like you say, he's locked up. But, you know, our community is never fully ha- happy. It doesn't matter how many people go and really how many people right now get life, if they were going to get life, because we're st- we've are we been so hurt and so traumatized. It's going to take years. And that trust, I don't know where they think that trust is going to come back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's going to that is ingrained in American culture. We got Jasmine saying, hey, Jasmine. Hey, Roz. We got um, mm-hmm. Jasmine saying he still has his pension, so none of this matters. It's another illusion of change. It's a shame. Yes. It is a shame. I mean, and that, that really is a shame. Like, I mean, when you think about the term justice, like, what does George Floyd get? What does his family get? Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's a, a, a life that's lost. I mean, and then, you know, like, you have this guy, he still gets his pension. And, and what is um, this? He still, you know, 
he still gets off. I, I, I forgot the amount of time, but he still gets time for good behavior. And then it and says, it's, it's, just, it's just a whole unfortunate situation. And he said one thing that he said, because I, I had to get up when he started talking, but he said at this, this is what Chauvin said. At this time, due to some additional legal matters at hand, I'm not able to give a full formal statement, Chauvin said. I do want to give my condolences to the Floyd family. There's going to be some other information in the future that would be of interest. And I hope things will give you some, some peace of mind. He, he shouldn't have even have said, you know, you don't say anything when you've done that. All you say, if you're going to say, is how sorry and remorseful you feel and you sit down. And that's it. I wish I hope I can grow in prison or whatever you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. You don't other things of interest, if they're gonna come out, well then you let them come out. You don't need to say that. You don't need to start that. And then when his mom got on, Gene, yes. I was waiting for her. And mm -hmm. and 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 our guests, our audience, please comment in the chat or call in because I didn't hear it. Let me know if you heard it. I was waiting for the mother mm -hmm. to say, you know, I, loss of life is bad for anybody, or we've all been affected, and you know, the Floyd family, whatever. She said nothing. Mm -hmm. She said her boy was not a, a racist. She said that, you know, had that he's been, you know, broken down so much that he's, you know, he's viewed as racist. He's a good man. He's innocent. Yep, Gene, you looking dark on the screen. We can see the, the, the clouds outside, though, beautiful. But that's what he said. No, Jasmine, he is not um, remorseful. Nuts. And I want to see if he still get his pension. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he still he still gets his pension. Like he still keeps all of his benefits. Um, you know, like I mean, I'm grateful that he's going to do some jail time. You know, and I and to the audience, I apologize if the light is going in and out. And you know, like I'm over here, I'm in Colombia right now, and um, it's a little dark. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to fix everything as we go along. But, yeah, I, I, um, the guy, you know, it's unfortunate that he, you know, the, you know, he keeps his pension. Um, he's still able to get off, you know, with some short, short time. And, you know, like, it's like we get justice, but it's justice that's slanted. And another mm -hmm. black man is dead. And another as black Sean, man is as dead. As Shonda Dawn said. And another black man dead. Somebody else lost, you know, like, and, you know, it's very, it's very unfortunate. And, um, you know, like, it's going to take a lot of work, you know, to basically recover, you know, what we've lost, you know, like the losses that we take. And I, you know, I think that, you know, it's going to be a lot, it's a lot of work to do to get some type of healing, when it comes to the situation. And yes, Jasmine, he did have the attorney that um, advised the divorce with his wife. I remember that. I mean, it's, it's always connected, right? It's always connected. But one thing is all that stuff is going to come out. So he shouldn't even open his mouth talking about there's going to be some information. Mm -hmm. in the future. Don't don't you need to stay quiet, period, at this point and do your time. But let's get into the show, Gene, these urban legends. Mm -hmm. Fact or fiction is so much stuff that mm -hmm. we believe. Do you remember urban legends growing up? Do you remember like being? I remember like being when I was young, like yes, camp, scared to go in. I mean, whether it's a boogeyman or whatever, mm -hmm. scared to do all that stuff. And some people still believe it today. Yes. So exactly. I'm gonna. And yeah. you know, like there was a lot of things that my mom told me and that my grandparents would tell me and I really believed in those things right until I actually became an adult like there's you know there's a lot of things that you know basically had me shackled because you know like I really believed in a lot of these uh myths superstitions just like different things it's crazy but you know it's, it's a fun topic so I'm ready to get into it you know I'm gonna let you start Ella Okay, so this one, this one I'm going to ask you, because it was strange, right? But we got some, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, there's some tripped out ones later. Okay, this one, it says, in the 1400s, the law was set forth in England, in the 1400s, 
that a man was allowed to beat his wife with a stick no thicker than his thumb. Hence, we have the rule of thumb. So that's what they're saying the rule of thumb came from. But, oh yeah, tell me that first. Tell me that first before I tell you the rest. Do you think that that's fact or fiction? And what is that? A stick no thicker than his thumb and you can beat your wife? You know what? I really think that that's probably a fact. (laughs) Okay. That's probably a fact. Actually, actually, you know, I can see that being a fact. In April, so this this is it. In April 1998, the Baltimore Sun investigated the rule of thumb, found no evidence Mm -hmm. that the domestic abuse story was true. They suggested the phrase could have come come from Brewer's practice of using their thumb to test the temperature of mm. beer. So that, that, that is, wow. that, but they never oh. said that it wasn't true. They were like, they have found no evidence. Mm-hmm. And then I got that, another I mean, one. That's another crazy. One? Like, I, I mean, like, that, it really, I'm sorry if I'm a little delayed, but it really sounds like a true story. Like I, I really would go with that. Because things are so crazy out here. People do so many things. We got so many crazy laws. You don't know what's true or whatever. This one is about New York. Mm-hmm. All right. Reptiles Uh-oh. living in city sewer. Come on, New York. Yo, is Have- New York in that right now? <laughs> mm-hmm. Have y'all heard anything or has there been any discussion in New York about reptiles now or in the past living in y'all sewer? Um, well, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, even if you look at, uh, the, what's the, what was the cartoon, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Mm -hmm. Like they, they had the reptiles who were bad guys and they actually lived in the sewer as well as the, the Ninja Turtles. Okay. So yeah, I, I would say like, yeah, 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 that's true. Okay. So they said in the early 1900s. It wasn't unheard of. I didn't even know this was a normal practice. It wasn't unheard of for wealthy New Yorkers to bring baby Floridian alligators back to the Big Apple to keep his pets. So when they decided their pets weren't cute enough, um, they would bring the alligators. And then after a while, Mm -hmm. they supposedly flushed them down the toilet. What? Mm -hmm. And it says in 1932. And, And you know what? Like, Mm-hmm. In 19, and this is it for this one. In 1932, New York Times reported that a group of teenagers had witnessed a gator easy, easing itself out of the Bronx River. But the chances that there's a band of toothy reptiles currently swimming through the sewage of your city these days is almost null and void. Yes. Now, I, I remember um, back in maybe like the 90s. It had to be the the late nineties, actually, because you know, like I'm 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 a I'm an avid newspaper reader. Like I remember, um, there was a couple of stories about uh, people getting arrested in the Bronx for having, you know, reptiles and you know, like having alligators and crocodiles in their apartments in the Bronx. Oh, they did. So I, I do remember the stories. Yes, absolutely. So when when I hear something like that, I know you know like that. That's got to be somewhere along the lines of truth. Like okay. it's got to be like there's there's some truth to that. Like I definitely think that you know that that's got to be a thing. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to go? Because this next one is tripped out. It just reminds me of what they do to black people, but. No, come on, come on, come on. Get us tripping. We could go with it. Let's go. All right. Have you ever heard Mm -hmm. of the body snatching? So this is like a big thing. Now, you remember, it's movies on TV and all that. I know I've watched them. They made movies about it and all that, Mm -hmm. the body snatchers and all that stuff from old movies on to, you know, our current day. So it's always been something about body snatching, but I never connected it to this. So it's saying yes. like, the body snatching of the 1950s. Now this will remind you of a probably a famous experiment, sort of. Not totally like it, but it's, it's like what they did to like um, people who are less fortunate or are poor communities. 
So this was called Project mm-hmm. Sunshine. Project Sunshine. So these studies conducted, they were conducted mm-hmm. on dead babies, and they were trying to measure the amount of radioactive thera- oh, stro- strontium. Strontium-90 being yes. absorbed by humans due to nuclear testing. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to measure yes. the radioactive that you have in your body, right? Then it said mm-hmm. samples were being dispatched for Project Sunshine mm-hmm. without the parents' permission. So if the babies had passed or they were stillborn, like they were giving samples supposedly for this, this project. Um, and this was in Australia. What? Yes. And then a British newspaper reported on it. Um, obtained children's bodies from various hospitals, shipped their bones and other body parts to the United mm-hmm. States for classified nuclear experiences. I mean, experiments. More than 1,500, many of them babies, were gathered from half a dozen countries from Europe to Australia for the studies mm-hmm. on the effects of radiation conducted by the now defunct, not in, not in play no. anymore, Atomic in- Energy Commission, according to U.S. government documents. Hello. Mm. That is absolute madness. Madness. But I, I can see where that can be true. I mean, in, can't you see it? So they said in 1995, mm-hmm. President um, Clinton released classified documents from the Atomic Energy Commission, which showed that scientists were working on Project wow. Sunshine. They were aware of the unethical and legal grounds on which their research mm-hmm. was being conducted. And so this says that many, you know, many of these not only babies and human samples and all that stuff, this, this one guy said, hold on, who is this? He said, Libby, this guy Libby, who was part of it or somehow connected to it. He said, so human samples are of prime importance. And if anybody knows how to do a good job of body snatching, they will really be serving their country. And they said the you, pain, it was nightmarish. You know what's funny? Like, you know what's fun? Here, like, I, I actually have, like, a, a funny story about body snatching, right? We actually, um, and it's a good police story, actually. So, you know, because, they, you know, like, I know that we talk about, you know, like, a lot of times we talk about the negative impact of policing in America. And I'll tell you a positive one. I had a police officer who was, uh, um, he was, he, he played the piano at my church. And um, he used to come, you know, he actually worked in my neighborhood. And, you know, back in the days, I've been, you know, I was a bad kid sometimes. And, I, you know, I hung out on the street sometimes. And uh, he used to pull up to my block and he used to always pull me apart from, you know, like the other guys that I hung out with. And he would tell me, hey, Eugene, listen, if y'all don't get off these streets by this time, when I come back, it's going to be invasion of the body snatchers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't understand the reference then, like, you know, but eventually I understood what he was talking about. But he actually, and, you know, he would drive off right after that. And I would have to go back to my friends, you know, looking like I'm some kind of snitch or something like that, because he called me over to the side and have to explain to them, hey, listen, guys, we got to get up the street. He said they're coming back in a little while and it's going to be invasion of the body snatchers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I I thank God for that officer, you know, like, which he really, you know, looked out for us, you know, and looked out for me and kept me out of a lot of trouble. But, you know, like that same reference was used there. And, I, you know, like I, I, you know, like I could imagine that that would be true. They did several movies about body snatchers and, you know, like it's, it's got to be that's got to be true. And, you know, like that, that would be like, you know, that's the true myth. I, I believe it. OK, so this one and you know why I'm looking up this one, because I think this is a good um, thing if I find so. Jay Porter put in the um, mm-hmm. chat about talking about the CDC dropping a guide about how to respond to a zombie apocalypse. How you feel about that? 
What? Yes. And it says, wait a minute. Look what this says. It says, it says CDC. Jay, yeah, CDC guidelines for zombie apocalypse are real, but needs a lot mm-hmm. of context. What in the world? What? I mean, I, I mean, being prepared is important. I guess, like we do so many, so many movies and so many different things about it. But I would, I, I don't believe in zombies, of course. You know, I believe in God, so I don't believe in zombies, but, um, you know, like, when you put it all into context, you know, like, I can, I can see being prepared for something like that. Like, how important, the importance of being prepared for something like that. So this was the answer. It says, it doesn't say anything about a zombie apocalypse actually happening. Instead, it's a mm. general disaster preparedness guideline. This is from... um. Channel News, WSA 9 News, um, just framed around zombies because of the pop, pop culture interest in a way to get more people educated about proper hazard responses. Mm-hmm. Several social media posts have floated around the web lately, issuing warnings from Nostradamus. You know about Nostradamus, right? Um, yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. Um, it warns of the zombie mm-hmm. apocalypse and that 2021 to mark the rise of the living dead. Now, you know what? You know yes. that there's always something because even 2020, I remember when we left. Do you remember when we left the, um, we left 1999 and it was like, oh Lord, the world going to come in 2000. I remember. I remember partying out there with my fingers crossed and my drinks like, please, if I'm here after midnight, then I hope. Then it was like another year. But, I, mm. you know, the world is crazy. The government has, has yes. secrets. Mm-hmm. So 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 here's one that like is is a is a that's crazy too, but here's one that's a rather recent one, right? Like so lately, like we've been hearing like stories on how um people say oh five G is so dangerous and um it could damage your brain cells. It's the cause of so many different diseases. So this one is from the the who the World Health Organization. It says that 5G mobile networks do not spread COVID-19, which that was who, something What that organization people, is it from? World Health Organization. World Health. Who? Okay. Who? Okay. So they said viruses cannot travel on radio waves, mobile networks. COVID-19 is spread in many countries that do not even have 5G networks. So that that was one that people, you know, like I I was getting phone calls from like, you know, telemarketers, hey, 5G network is so dangerous. And, you know, it's the reason for COVID-19 or it's the reason why uh, have you been feeling depressed lately or sad lately? But that was that that one was, um, you know, and, you know, like I I actually was going along with it. I was Googling um, how to protect yourself from 5G networks and, you know. There's one right there. Yep. And we see Sean. I'm sorry. We missed Sean's. My favorite headlights coming towards you. Don't blink at the other car. That was early in don't the chat. Don't blink at the he other car. So I'm th- he said don't blink it. So I'm thinking that, you know, I'm thinking Sean is talking about, you know, when they said they had it out here in the district, you know, a whole bunch of stuff with the gangs and all that. If, if, People are coming towards you with lights, or if they flick your lights, don't flick mm-hmm. them back. You know what I mean? It's been so much oh, stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so many different things that they're saying for gang initiation and things like that, or that they were doing in the past. Mm-hmm. All right, think about this one. Do you have? I remember my old apartments, right? And you know when you're in the bathroom, and then there's a um, you got your medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. But some medicine cabinets are not like they're not. They're, it's, a, it's a thicker wall. It's a thicker wall. Like if you mm-hmm. have more money or whatever, but when we live in apartments, you know, like a cheaper apartment, the medicine cabinet, when you open the medicine cabinet, it's thin back there. Do you know that it's yes, thin? Absolutely. Like it's like, because mm-hmm. I always try to look back there and be like, you know, it's in the camera back there. Like what's really going on? Yeah. Okay. Well, somebody back there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now listen to this one. You know the movie, The Candy Man? 
the movie The Candyman. So this is in regard to murderers entering the apartment. All right. The 19, and I didn't even remember. I forgot when Candyman came out. The 1992 mm-hmm. horror film Candyman includes a scene in which the main characters learn that a murderer might be entering apartments by through the medicine cabinets. Apparently, this is one, this is, or this was once a legitimate structural flaw in some apartment complexes. And this, they're speaking specifically about Chicago in this. The medicine cabinets in the adjoining apartments in Chicago were connected, and it was flimsy. Mm-hmm. An actual and an actual murder was committed by criminals entering through the weak structure. So they're saying wow. that's where, yeah, they're saying when you think of Candyman and all that, it actually. And you know, when we talk about fables, when we talk about myths and all that stuff, you know, a lot of it we know is passed down through generations and generations. But some of it, if you trace it all the way back, it's based on some type of fact. Some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you have you ever heard this one, Ella? Like they say that a penny dropped from the Empire State Building could kill a person on the sidewalk. I heard that. Have you yes. heard that before? And I heard that before, and I heard it was true. Is it not true? It's not true. It's not true. I've been believing that for twenty years. Because they were like, they, they were like, it's something in your brain. I mean, you know that it doesn't seem like it's heavy, but it hits a certain spot. If it hits a certain spot, and I was like, ooh. Yeah, they said in reality, the penny will reach the terminal velocity of about three hundred to one hundred miles per hour, depending on the wind, and it wouldn't hurt anyone. It says <laughs> it's still a jerk. It's still a jerk move to drop a penny from up there. It might hurt, but it would not kill anyone. Either way, you should you would fare better just to keep your change. Oh my god. So the penny well, the penny from the Empire State Building is a myth that was totally false. I wonder where they got that from and how that how that even formed. That's crazy. That's crazy what we <laughs> think is true. Okay. This one is called the um the man who fell through the window. They said it's been around for, for, for a long time, so you let me know. It existed as an urban mm-hmm. legend. This is a story of a lawyer falling through a window to prove just how unbreakable the glass was in the Toronto Dominion Center. And they said it's indeed true. So in July 1993, Gary Hoy, a partner at the law firm Holden and Day Wilson, was attempting to prove how strong the glass was in the building to a group of uh, mm-hmm. article students. However, when he lunged at the window using his full weight, the entire window popped out of the frame. So he fell 24 stories to his death. The glass didn't shatter, but he was incorrect with the claim that it could withstand the weight of a 160-pound man. Wow. But I wouldn't even try mm. that. 24 is up, and I'm like, hey, let me show you. This glass can, you know, whatever. Yes. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Here's a good one. Oh, you know, like a lot of us, you know, like we base our lives on this. And, you know, like I'm I'm actually not a fan of it. So, you know. What? Do you believe in astronomy? Astronomy? Astronomy. Yeah. As, as just a just a you know astronomers and stuff and yeah yeah so according according to this study it says while astron while astronomy made the cut astrology does not cut the mustard it says. Mm-hmm. It says uh, its theories are too. Supernatural, vague, unfalsifiable, and generally unreliable. Even it says, even though astrology hasn't passed the muster as real science, it survives today largely in the form of amusing horoscopes and mm-hmm. dodgy single mm-hmm. bars. Like, hey babe, what's your sign? Yeah. So you know, like I, I know a lot of people who um, 
you know, like who who like listen to me tell them something or you know tell me something and use their sign as a reason why oh I'm like this because I'm this sign. Mm-hmm. No, you're like that because you're like that. It's not now, your I don't sign know. That your sign does not determine because all people all people live life based on their deci- their decisions is based on right. your actions and the reactions from other people. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, like we need something to lean on. And, you know, that's where, you know, I feel like the world is lacking God, you know, mm-hmm. because we need something to lean on to base our interaction or how we deal with stuff, you know, and, God is the only true form that gives us our identity. But people seek to identify themselves through astrology and use that as an excuse for bad behavior or good behavior or even mental or, you know, any type of errors that you make in life. Like a lot of times, like, you know, I I hear people say, oh, I'm a Gemini, so I'm this way. Or I'm a Sagittarius, so I got to turn up. Or, you know, like, no, that's that's who you, you know, like, you you created that in your own mind. Mm -hmm. I agree agree a little bit. I do think it's connected because, Mm -hmm. now I do believe in God, we are not supposed to, you know, go to um, astrologists and stuff, even though I used to go when I was in, you know, college, we would go or whatever, we'd be like, what? But you're not supposed to do that. Now, I'm clear on that, but if God is the universe, all of that stuff, and we are all connected with the universe because we are spirits, right? So we're all connected. So I do feel like, I would have to research, because I do feel like that does kind of lend itself. Now, how they came about or, or all of that stuff, I do feel like the stars and all that stuff and, you know, how people have um, certain personalities that God gave you, but I feel like it's connected. So I'm wondering if that's why some people identify with, their sign because a lot of times you'll meet somebody and they don't even have to tell you and you might be it might remind you of a different sign and sometimes they may be yeah. it doesn't mean that you're you're practicing it you're focused on or whatever but I do feel like we all connected yeah Sean said I'm a oh, cancer yeah, super lover see and I already have, I already have my views on cancers you know what I'm saying we all know and you can't tell me Gene if you walking down the street and somebody's talking about signs or whatever that you're not even sub- unconscious, subconsciously thinking of, oh, yeah, they said it's whatever. If they say they're a certain sign, you're going to be looking at their behavior for a little bit like, oh, I wonder, because I know a little bit about this. Exactly. Because I think we're all connected. Mm-hmm. We're not practicing it, but. So when people ask me what's my sign, like, you know, like. Uh, if they ask me when, when yes, I was born, then yeah, they, they catch me on my side. But if you ask me what's my sign, I always say I'm a swaggatarian. I say that all the time. Like, yeah, I'm a swaggatarian. Like, I, I got my own sign. So, like, you know, like, I try not, you know, because I don't entertain, like, the the whole horoscopes and all that. I don't entertain it because, right. you know, like, um it's like a a broken clock is right at least twice a day. Mm. So if those hands on the clock don't move, it's still going to be right. And what happens is like when it comes to horoscopes, like so if you keep throwing stuff at the wall, eventually it's going to stick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something yeah. is going to stick. Yeah. So that's, that's how I view horoscopes. Like it's like, you know, you can say, okay, you're going to have a good week. And, you know, I, I've read her, you know, I've looked at my horoscope before and been like, oh, it says I'm going to have a good week. And still that same, you know, in the mm. same time, I had a bad week. So, you yeah. know, like you can't base your life based on the days that the day that the month and the day that you were born and think that it's going to predetermine mm. who you are or predetermine your personality. True. You know what I mean? True, but I don't, they can't say, you know, they always say the day and the week. Go ahead. Yeah, it's the day and the week. Oh, I was born, so my birthday is February 26th. I'm a Pisces, right? Like, (laughs) I've I've never, you know, like, but I've never looked at, you know, that as a determining factor of who I am. 
right. because you know I know that I'm so much more than what that sign will say I am because I'm who God says I am. So instead of looking at my horoscope, like, you know, and you know, some people are, maybe some people are lazy or whatever. Like you could pick up a Bible and really just find out who you are in there. But you know, like that, that's, it's just a crazy one, but I got another one, Ella, that's from the Bible. Okay. Let's get it. How many times have you heard somebody say the smallest seed is the mustard seed? I don't know that I heard. The only thing I heard in re, in regard or re, remember that just always comes to my mind is having faith as small as the mustard seed. Mm-hmm. Now, the mustard seed is not the smallest seed. And I hear people say it all the time. Oh, it's the smallest seed. If you have faith this size and, you know, they'll have a mustard seed in their hand, which a, a mustard seed is really small. Mm-hmm. But... And it grow and it grows to be one of the largest garden plants. So, like I, I you know, I give them props on that, right? Mm-hmm. But they always start off with, "Oh, if you have faith this size, you know, like this little mustard seed." <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, and I actually know people who walked around with mustard seeds in their pockets to to try to increase their faith. And we know that God only increases your faith. I don't mean to be so yeah. much on God, but you know what? God That's is good. That's true. So All day. And you know he can I mean? come in the conversation and guide the conversation any oh, yeah. day, anytime. <laughs> who going to check him, boo? Ain't nobody telling God no. You kidding me? <laughs> so is it how are you finished with the mustard seed or do we need to go on to some other yeah, seeds? Like what's he what's he telling you? It's definitely not the mustard seed. Uh you you got the watermelon and poppy seeds, which are smaller than that. So, you know, if you have faith the size of a poppy seed or a watermelon. <laughs> Trust me, like, God is still going to meet you where you are. So just know that, you know, for my faith people out there. Yeah. Okay, well, look, mm-hmm. I can't believe, I'm going to tell you right now that I can't believe we already th- blown through half the show. But we're going to go on a short break. You all have Thank got you. to stick around because the next thing I'm getting ready to tell you about them taking black people's skin and making shoes and handbags, you don't want to miss this, baby. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. Yes. Woo. Keisha. Mm-hmm. Hey, Keisha. Keisha, Keisha. Okay. This stuff. Now, this tripped me out. Now, you tell me. Have you, First of all, have you heard anything before we went to break? Those of y'all who just tuning in or listening to us on the radio in your car talking about black people, them taking black people's skin and making shoes and leather handbags and, you know, all of this stuff. All right, check this out, because it's going to lead me to something where I went in and I saw the museum, and I want to go check this out, actually. So this was a Philadelphia physician made shoes from the skin of Negroes. He he obtains the epidermis from the bodies, which have been used for dissecting purposes in in a famous medical college in the city. The thighs, like the the, um, black people thighs are flayed and the skin is sent to Mm -hmm. someplace near, uh, oh, you know, Redding Redding is like near um, PA. I don't know how far Redding, um, Pennsylvania is. I mean, I'm trying, I know Philly, but you know, and then it Mm -hmm. says, and then they're tan, like the the shoes, like they're multicolored, they're tan. They go through a tanning process. And then this is what they said. This is what they said back in the day. Watch this. The result is a beautiful mm-hmm. leather, extremely soft and pliable, very lustrous, lustrous, is it lustrous? Lustrous, and suggestive of a fine but very, very thick piece. The shoes are mm-hmm. beautiful to look upon and grasp the feet kindly. So was this the marketing? Like, are you kidding me right now? Mm-hmm. 
And and we need to show we need to show it because I need to show you the picture of the shoes. Next time we have to show you. I hope y'all look this up because you got to see the shoes. The shoes shoes are like dark brown at the top. Uh They're men's shoes, like men dress shoes. Dark brown at the top, and then they fade into like a lighter color. Wow, that's amazing. You know what though? Like I, I still need more proof. We don't believe you. You need more people. You know, like that. Okay, watch this. Watch me. this. Watch this, Gene. Mm-hmm. You gotta hear this because this that goes with your proof. It is. Then yeah. I looked up. I traced it back. It's one of these things, and they're probably in other museums, like around the states. Maybe we just don't know. But this particular museum has verified that not just shoes, but just different personal, just material items. It's called the Jim Crow mm-hmm. Museum. The Jim Crow what? Museum. It is in Michigan, Big Rapids, Michigan. And so they have that, and it has, I mean, in this museum, they have stuff that ranges from ashtrays to fishing to grotesque. Mm. A grotesque full-size, this one is a replica of a lynching tree, but they do have these things as far as the taking the skins or something like that. Mm. So the man, it says they're steeped in racism so intense that it makes every visitor cringe who goes there. I mean, we know, we know that black people are magic, but that is bananas. Like, that is, like, nuts. That's I, crazy, I can't right? believe it. Again, everybody, you're watching the On Everything podcast. If you want to call in, the number is 646-309-0421. We're sponsored by Sayings by Butter. Thank y'all so much for watching. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, Sands by Butter. Okay. Sands by Butter. Yes, Sands by Butter. I'm wearing the gear today. I'm trying to wear my other one. I, I just ordered some stuff. I can't wait to get it. I know it's going to be dope. I'm so excited. I know. I need to get my For real. So, I got another one for you. Look, Sean. Wait. LaShawn says, yes, we emotional. Never a crybaby. Because Connie Shy said, cancers are crybabies. And then Sean, so Sean said, yes, we're emotional, never cry, baby. But you see, Sean had to comment. So he had to comment. So are you yes, sure you're absolutely. not a cry, baby, Sean? Because why did you just let it go? He was like, no, we're not cry, babies. We're just emotional. Isn't that what people say when they don't want to say cry, baby? It's emotional. We just he, he, couldn't even, he couldn't even hold it in. I, I don't think it's because of his sign, though. I think that's that's the way Sean, Sean has was to born. Know. Exactly. That's who God made him. Yes, but that's going to always be true, right? Absolutely. So I got another one, Ella. So, like, have you heard the saying that we have five senses? Yes. That humans have five senses, right? It would, and the five senses would be sight, Mm -hmm. visual, sound, auditory, Mm -hmm. touch, tactile, taste, smell. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Do you know that that is not true? Okay, tell me about this. We actually have four other senses, which is rarely sighted. Okay. So the other one would be sensing of one's orientation in space. Mm-hmm. It would be sense of temperature. Mm-hmm. Sense of balance. Mm-hmm sense of sociological condition mm-hmm. so the next time like you hear somebody say oh you know i use all of my five senses or i have five senses tell them that you got nine <laughs> and let, let sit back and let them figure out how you're a superhero but that's crazy that there's actually like you know a bunch of other senses that we use but like it's really you know told to us like I mean, I, I remember hearing in school, oh, okay, the five senses and that 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 was so important. But like, you know, just to know that there's other senses out there, like, you no, know, it's something that, you know, is worth taking a look at and actually, you know, learning how to, you know, because like I, I'm, you know, a very introspective person. Mm-hmm. So like I understand now I understand, you know, like, okay, that's one of my senses that makes me think of my time and space in this you know, situation. So that that's really dope. Yeah, and you said you learned about it in school. That's the same thing I did. But you know what I think part of it is, Gene? 
just me being in education is mm-hmm. we did like when we when we taught those lessons and I was English, right? We would have to talk and connect it to the text. So you will always have to use the sentence. Senses. I think that they did. And even in high school, you're still using the five senses. When you go and take those courses, it depends on what school you go to and depends on the college. When you take those courses that are like philosophy, psychology, and deal with the mind, I think that's what they're introduced because I think that they focus on that so much with the with the text or whatever the kids are doing that they don't want to overload them. And they don't want the overload. Okay, do you really understand now if we go to the other senses? But they should teach it everything because then the kids could apply all that and tell the teachers yes. something that the teachers don't know. Mm-hmm. Kids are resilient. They can hold that information. You just got to know how to teach it right. Yeah, like, you know, like sometimes, like, you know, you take things and try to chop it up as small as possible, you know, to make it digestible. But, you know, and, you know, in the end, like, we don't end up getting the full result of what we're trying to teach them. And, um, it's, and, and you know, like one thing I always look at is like, I'm, you know, like I, I like to study a lot and, you know, people, you know, I, I love people who study because it makes, you know, like it makes us better people. So I look at like, even like reading a book, like sometimes I'll read something and I'll have to read it like, three or four times just so to make sure that I get it. But one of the things is like, I look at reading as like putting glue on a paper. You remember when we used to do that in school? Mm -hmm. And then we had to pour glitter on that paper. Yes. In order to draw whatever you want to draw, but to make sure that that glue glue was full, you had to put glitter a couple of times to make sure that you got it. So that's the same way, you know, I think that, you know, that's an effective way to, you know, like instill things in our children and teach them. I, you know, I really, you know, I'm I'm big on education and I love the kids, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's important. Okay. Here's another one. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Nope. Go ahead. Okay. You ever heard the saying that elephants are afraid of mice? Mm-hmm. So what happened, that's actually false. Elephants have no fear of mice, but they do have, a, they have poor vision and they're slow moving. And I think that, uh, you know, an elephant could just smash a mice, but what happens is, like, because they have poor vision, when they see mice, they don't understand what's happening. So they they react to, you know, slowly, and their response tends to lead to that uh, myth that elephants are afraid of mice. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, like, a lot of people use that as a reference. Oh, a big elephant is afraid of a little mice. You know what I mean? A little mouse, and it's not true. <laughs> you like it? It's not true. They stop lions. Like I watch elephants chase lions out, you know, away from you know water resources and things like that. Like so, there's no way that that can be true. Okay, that's that's, mm-hmm. and you know, you don't think about that because, and then, but it does make you think, even when we heard it. And you know what's so crazy? How much information people give us. And then we just believe it without even investigating because it's so Mm -hmm. crazy and it's so out of the norm. You know, when you tell us something or you do something to somebody that's out of the norm, they're going to pay more attention to it because it's out Mm -hmm. of the norm. And then we just go on about our day. We forget about it. We don't question it. Then we hear more people, urban legend, right? Then we hear more people before, you know, we've been believing this for 20 years, telling our kids, you know, elephants are scared of mice, telling all this stuff, just giving misinformation all over the globe. Yeah, and it becomes a fact to you. Like, you know, then the next thing you know, you're teaching it to somebody else and it just keeps growing. Okay. This one is from, uh, it was the Washington Post. It was actually, it was actually this month. It was actually this month. Mm-hmm. Um, Now this is wow. It says, a humpback whale swallowed a lobster diver, whole, swallowed him whole, and spit him out alive. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know what I was thinking. Of me. As soon as I thought about the Bible, I was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on? 
swallow the whale hole and spit them out alive. Do you think that that's true or false? Or was it a story just somebody mm -hmm. sent in? I think that that got to be just a story. Okay. So it's true. The guy's name wow. was, yep. Um, hold on. Let me find it because this was, it says it was a humpback, humpback whale. It was a humpback whale, and he was, you know, he was glad when he first saw it because he thought it was a shot. I'm just generalizing, so because it's long, he yeah. he was glad because it was, you know, whales are not supposed to be, you know, I guess harmful to that extent. Um, so then he's so then there was another so then all this stuff. Okay, so his friend Mayo is his friend. The guy's name is Packard. Yeah. Packard was in the ocean or whatever. Mayo sped up the boat next to Packard, who was floating yeah. in a puffed-out dry suit. Um, mm -hmm. The mail all of a sudden, there was a big thing of water. The Before you knew it, he couldn't see Packard again. Then Packard pumped out, I mean, puffed, popped back up mm -hmm. in the water, and he was floating in a dry suit thanks to the whale's speedy ascent to the surface. So it's like the whale supposedly swallowed him and then went back up to the surface. I don't know. So then Packard said, I was inside it. I was inside its mouth. Mm -hmm. And he was 56 years um, fifty-six years old. So he told Mayo that it was trying to eat him. So this was in Provincetown, Massachusetts, again in Massachusetts. And they're saying that humpback whales don't harm people on purpose, um, said Mayo. Wow. So they said, yeah. That is crazy. So they were there when it happened. So Mayo, the guy who, you know, was saving him, trying to come mm -hmm. beside him, that his father and his colleagues believed that the only logical explanation was that the whale swallowed him by accident. That's it. Isn't that well? Mm, wow, that's crazy. I don't even know how you explain yeah, that's that. that's nuts. But, you know, I mean, uh, when you look at the story of Jonah, you know, I mean, yeah. that, that could mean that there, there could be some truth to that. That, yeah. that is nuts. So here's another one. Okay. okay. Have you ever heard the saying that the bulls become angry at the color red. Yes. Okay, and we 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 use that, you know, like when we get mad. Oh, I was seeing red, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I was so mad. I was yeah, seeing red. I was seeing red. Yeah. Do you think that's a fact, or, or do you think that's a fact, or myth? Um, I don't know. It could be a myth. Because we, I mean, I remember, I mean, you know, you get times where you don't see red. I mean, you're just mad. I mean, you see like little spots or whatever, like, you know, you try not to black out because you're so mad. So I, I think that's just the mind and just what we last saw with our vision. I, I think it's something like that. So I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know that I really believe it. Bulls, I don't know. Yeah. So here we go, right? Bulls and other cattle are partially colorblind. And they cannot see the color red. Mm -hmm. They are, however, testy and defensive creatures that will charge when threatened, frightened, angry, or just annoyed. Mm -hmm. Their fight or flight instinct is simply biased towards fight. So mm -hmm. bulls, they actually cannot see the color red. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, like when we watch the circus shows and the clown shows, they use like a, a red target for them to chase. And they actually, you know, they, but that's just their natural instinct for them to run at something that they feel is threatening them. So I would say it's probably a better uh, analogy to say, uh, I was mad like a bull or I want to fight like a bull as opposed then saying I was seeing red because they, they can't see red. Bulls can't see red. So why are the people and who do the bulls, why do they have the, um, aren't those red? Yeah, because they're just using an object to taunt them. And just anything. The bulls, yeah, and their fight or flight thing. I mean, bulls will attack you if you're just standing there. Yeah. So, you know, like, you know, you, we've seen the running of the bulls, people getting knocked all over the place. Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't matter if you have on red, yellow, white, they're Whatever. just going to knock you out the Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, now listen to this story. This is this is just a crazy story. 
This was just last year. This one I'm going to tell you is true. It's a true story, but it's so crazy. Now, now, how are we going? How are you going to explain this? Okay. When Bert P, it says Bert P, first laid eyes on Linda Riss in 1959. It was love at first sight. The lovebirds were mm-hmm. mad for one another until Riss, until Linda, discovered that Mr. P was already married with children and called it off. Not long wow. after, Mr. Mm-hmm. P paid three assailants to toss, oh yeah, to toss lie, you know, lie, that lie that they put in perms, lie in yeah, Riss's yeah. face, in Riss's face, permanently mute, um, mutilating and almost completely blinding her. As you may have guessed, Mr. P did 14 years in prison for the crime. As you may not have guessed, they enjoyed almost 40 years of marriage after Mr. P's release. That is nuts. I, I don't believe it, though. Like I, I, I don't believe that to be true. That's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. You can't believe it's true. No, no, no. That is nuts. Yeah, you tried to kill me, you tried to mutilate me, but as soon as you get out of jail, we're going to get back together, and we're going to stay together for 40 years and be happily married? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, hey, I got a, I got, I got another one. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard the saying, life is not, life is meant to be hard work? No. I don't think I heard that. Life is meant to be hard work. Mm-mm. Well, for all, for all the audience people, like I just want you, I want everybody to know that that is a myth. Life is meant to be easy, beautiful, and overflowing with moments of joy and bias. I just want you know, like we like a lot of times, like in our minds, like we create this thing that says, Hey, life is meant to be hard work and life shouldn't be easy. And, and life is tough. No, life is not meant to be tough. It's meant to be easy. And we should have moments that we enjoy in our lives every day. I'm sorry, Kwani shy. I don't know why you say that's a lie. It's not meant to be hard. Mm. We make life hard. We make it hard on ourselves. With our thought process, because my belief is as a man or as a person thinks, so they are. So the way you think, the way you perceive your life should be or the way you think is the environment that you create. So if you would stop, sit back for a moment and say, okay, I want my life to be easier and you start to believe that my life should be easier, it will be easier. Life is what you life is what you make it. As Zipporah Miles said, thank you so much for that comment. <laughs> no, that's true. <clears throat> and it is, it is how you think about yourself, and it is what is in your heart. It is what is in your heart, and all of that. I think that once you get to that place, which is difficult because it depends on your experiences. It depends on what kind of life you've had. It depends on how much you've been retreat, mistreated. Mm-hmm. All of those things, your behavior, your anger, all, all of those things. Once you get into a place where, you know, if, if you're seeking the Lord, it's a spiritual place. If, if you don't know the Lord and mm-hmm. you're not interested, then it's some other power or you're, you're just in, you're going to another place. But once you remove all of that negativity and you do it consistently, right, then things that made you upset, whether it be bills, whether it be relationships, whether it be something somebody said, will no longer affect you in the way that mm-hmm. it did. You will not get as, it's just like if something happens to us today, 30 days from now, or even 60 mm-hmm. days from now, are we that angry as we were today? Chances are no. Some things have happened. We might be like, I can't even believe I was mad about that. It is just in the moment. And I think that's where we have to control ourselves. And that's how we start to get on the path of a living a fulfilled, happy life is it's really in the moment because a lot of us, after it happens, we self-reflect, right? And we're like, oh, I'm not going to do that again or whatever. And then you do it again mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's in that moment, um, that immediate, when something happens, that we have to start training our mind. Okay, wait a minute. This just happened. Hold on. I'm right here in it. Let me take a step back right now and, and mm-hmm. evaluate and not act, not act out or not 
you know, take it this way or whatever the situation is. And I think that's what most people have a problem to deal with because we are impulsive and we just have to learn to train ourselves yes. and not be so impulsive and think through situations. Even if somebody says something irritated to you, okay, you know, you can say something back. Mm -hmm. They may have been, been wrong, but take that minute while you're in it. Focus, start looking at yourself and thinking to yourself while you're in it, what just happened and try to evaluate right then so that you can make the right decision. So I understand. I understand both. Life is what you allow, either good or bad. Stress yes. is all what you allow. It is, poor. It is. And that is true. Thank you for that. Oh, mm -hmm. Envy. That's Envy. <laughs> Hi, Envy. That's Yo, Envy. Well, Hi, Envy. Thanks for joining the show. We appreciate you. Yeah. Um. There's an. I, I got another one for you. Okay. Okay. Here's another. There's a such thing as normal, and we should measure ourselves against it. There is no such thing. Oh, as wait a, a minute. Normal is that a statement? Is that a statement somebody made? Oh, it's a myth. Okay. It's a myth. Say it because again. Because a lot of people believe that okay, this is what normal should be or I have to measure myself against what I perceive to be normal. Say it again, what it said. So, so a lot of people... No, the normal, like, the, what, that statement. Is, oh, there's a such thing as normal. Oh. And we should measure ourselves against it. No. There's I don't no such understand. thing as normal. Yeah. There's no such thing as normal. So as far as when humans are concerned, mm -hmm. there's no such thing as normal. Mm -hmm. But there's a such thing as a normal you. Correct. Like where, where you are completely yourself, you love yourself deeply, and you think and act in ways that feel aligned with your soul. Mm -hmm. That's a normal you. Yes. So... For listeners out there, just let your internal compass be your only point of reference. See, and that's the thing. We look to external things to compare ourselves to, mm -hmm. to try to gravitate towards or to seek recognition or, you know, just seeking outside happiness. But the true happiness is your own normal. Your own, no, your own normal. Like when you're free to, when you're free to be yourself, when you're free to be who you are, who you are when nobody is looking. That's normal. Yes. That's, that's the normal. You. That's your normal. And yes, absolutely. So we have to stop like seeking. Okay, this is what normal should look like, or I have to be this way, or this should be this way because this is normal. When God created you, He created an individual. An individual you for a person to grow into who you are meant to be. So we got to stop seeking, you know, what we perceive to be normal and look for our own normal. Our own internal guide will guide us there. Yeah. So that, that was the last. That's my last myth. Okay. And I think, and, and I know busted. we... Yeah, I know we ended. But I think, too, <laughs> to go along with your normal, I think just like you said, it's exactly it. Because we look for not only normal, the bottom line is people look for acceptance, period. Every day you wake up, you talk to boyfriend, girlfriend, um, restaurant people, your job. It is all acceptance. And so that's that normal because that normal is what is acceptable in our world, what is cultural in our world, which the cultural mm -hmm. thing is still what's acceptable in your community. So like you said, that acceptance, and it starts with accepting yourself, but I think people don't know how to, or they want to be accepted for who they are. They don't feel like they can be accepted for who they are. And that's just where the work needs to be because every as soon as you are who you are, people are going to just gravitate to you for whatever reason they like you. You are, you are, you know, yes. they love your energy for whatever it is, whether you're calm, whether you're excited, mm -hmm. whatever type of person you are, we are spiritual beings, so we are connected by that energy. So that energy is going to yes. draw you to people who are like-minded, like you and all that. That's without mm -hmm. the culture. That's without the acceptance. Exactly. That's without the community. 
And I just want everybody to get to that place because I know it's difficult and people judge you and people lie on you. And they do that mm -hmm. and they try to make your life miserable, right? Because they are jealous because they are not accepted. And so you got to know where it comes from. And, and once you know where exactly. that comes from, each one teach one. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know what actually happens too? Like when people see that you're generally comfortable with who you are, you 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 actually blossom like people are attracted to that to your confidence in yourself so like you know and and then you know you will draw like-minded people as well so like that you know like I, I think that you know like that that is the it's nothing better than self-love you gotta love mm. yourself love who you are and seek your own your own version of normal stop looking at other people stop looking at the celebrities stop looking everywhere else and you got to look within yourself and say okay this is who i am and i love me you know what i mean you got to love yourself and you know everything else will take care of itself and i hate it because so many everyone everyone each and every individual human began and I'm saying began because you still are, but you may feel like you're not. You are a diamond. Stop looking at yourself like you You passed coal a long time ago. You are a diamond. So when you go out here, you're going to go out here and shine like the diamond. You are based on the personality you have, what God gave you, your skills, whatever. And you're going to keep it moving. You don't have to fight for anybody's attention or acceptance. They will come. Right? Build it. They will come. Exactly. Speak. They will come. Do this. They will come. Mm -hmm. They will come. And it's going to yeah. be at the right time for the right situation that you need in your mm -hmm. life or their life, whatever. You're going to get it. Yes. You just got to stay the mm -hmm. course and you just got to have like an accountability partner because I understand it's hard. People can't do that by themselves. There's times where I couldn't do it by myself. Like, you know, this is just out of mess mm -hmm. so bad. You know, whatever. But everybody, you will get over that and all you need is an accountability partner. And I'm big on that, Gene, because I think accountability partners are good. And somebody that you can trust and somebody who is going to lift you up, but also tell you the truth. And you find that one person, yes. whether it's a relationship, whether it's your family, whether it's a friend, whether it's a past or whether it's a stranger. Don't matter. You know, I mean, you know, there's some there's some guys on the corner who have been through it. I could sit there and listen to them all day. Whether they drink and I'm like, oh, my God, you are so wise. You are so wise. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. facts. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good I think that's, that's a good that, place. For I mean, us like that, that is the honest truth. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody, we thank y'all so much for tuning in to the show. We appreciate y'all all. And that is on everything. Hey. That show was lit. <laughs> thank y'all so much. All right. All right, y'all.